Thanks for tuning in. We hope this message encourages and challenges you today. Enjoy. If you have your Bible with you, turn to Deuteronomy 28. And we're going to read Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 through 13. And this is an incredible, incredible passage of Scripture. Now listen, when you see the word if, I want you to say it out loud with me, okay? Here we go. You fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you. You obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city, blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. The crops of your land and the young of your livestock. The calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. means your bank account, checking account, your workplace will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that all the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. And we declare that over New Bedford in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against you will prosper. They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. New Bedford, you are receiving this land. The Lord will establish you. Now listen, this is you. Will establish you as his holy people. As he promised you an oath. You keep the commands of the Lord Lord your God and walk in obedience to him. Then all the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. They will respect you. They will reverence you. That's what's happening, church. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock and the crops of your ground. In the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season, to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God. I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will be at the top, never at the bottom. Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today, to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. This is a powerful, powerful scripture. There's so much to this scripture. But there are two important themes in this scripture. One is that God has made a promise. God is not like us. When he makes a promise, it's a covenant. He's a covenant-making God. When God makes a promise, you can take it to the bank. Okay? It's set in stone. When God said, let there be light, what happened? Is light coming? Is it going to happen? Let there be light, bang, it happens. Right? God made a promise. Then the other part of this passage of Scripture, which is our part, we can trust in God, okay? But then it's our part. And he says, if, if 
if, if, four times. Now, in this passage of Scripture, God is like, he's over the top. Isn't it kind of over the top? Lord, I don't even have lambs. And the Lord said, I'll bless your dogs. I'll bless your cats. You have mice in the basement. I'll bless the mice. You know, whatever you got, I'm going to bless. He's over the top. Over the top. But then he says four times, if, 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 if. God wants to bless us. He wants to bless us. And I'm saying, boy, God is so much like, a, he's such a, a father. Such a parent. You know, because we'd say to our kids, now listen, you know, we bribe our kids. It, any parents here bribe your kids? Is that, is that, is that legal? Okay. Bribery is legal sometimes, right? You know, if you get good grades, you know, we're going to give you this. Mom, Dad, will you give me this too? Yeah, we'll give you that too. How about this? Anything. Just, just get, get a D, will you? Get a C. Please. Do better than F. You know, but this is a powerful passage of Scripture. I was thinking about this and, uh, and, the, and the application of this. And one of the most powerful, I mean, I've seen God move so powerfully. Like Aaron said, you know, we've seen God move miraculously at New Life Worship Center. You know, starting from a little tiny storefront. You know, three couples. You know, we went off with Pastor Steve and, and, and Pastor Nancy. And, and we believed that, that, that God was going to do something, you know. And we would meet at this storefront at five in the morning. You know, before we went to work, you know, I was a, I was a um, vice president of a bank. Pastor Steve was a tool designer at AT Cross. Pastor Mike was, a, was also a tool designer, an engineer. And we go to work, and, but, you know, before work, we go pray, 5 in the morning, in this little tiny storefront, a tiny storefront, you know, a strip mall, you know. There was a beauty parlor around the corner. There's a, um, a seamstress, you know, a tailor. Next door, and, and here we are, a little cross in a little tiny room. And we say, God, 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 do something awesome. God, do something awesome. We're right next door to a bar, you know? I don't know if you heard this story, but we're right next door to a bar. God, we pray, God, save those people that are coming to the bar and, and have no hope. God, just you know, show them the cross and, and draw them. And God, we pray, God, we will honor you with our lives. We will do what is right before you. We will love our wives. We will, we will be real, God, at home and in church, at work and in church. God, you have our lives. We will honor you, God, with our lives. Use us for your glory, Lord. Use us for your glory. And we've seen what God has done because we did the ifs. We did the ifs, right? But I remember a, a story of a good friend of ours um, his name's Bob and Eileen Coletta, good friends of ours, and we used to babysit their children. My wife and I, before we had kids, you know, Aaron said, um, you know, we, we've been doing ch- New Life Now Church for almost 30 years. Looking around, like, a lot of you guys weren't even born. <laughs> I mean, that makes us pretty old, okay? But, um, but Bob and Eileen, we watched their kids and they're a great couple. You know, they really lived a life. They're great Christians. And, and their son somehow, you know, through a bad relationship, a girl, and got messed up with the wrong people. And he ended up in gang life. And his parents didn't even know it. He had, he had tats and all that, the, the markings, but all, he would hide them. Well, what happened was uh, one night uh, they got a call that his son was killed. 
And so uh, we got a call, you know, right away, and uh, word went out to please pray for Christopher. And uh, they said, he, you know, he was killed along with his friend. They walked down the wrong street. A rival gang came out. Forty people came out, and they attacked these two kids. And they beat them to a pulp. They, they used cinder blocks. They made sure they were dead. They just crashed their skulls and blood everywhere. And the paramedics got there after the call went in. And one of the paramedics comes to our church uh, in Smithfield. And he happened to go there. And you couldn't, I mean, you couldn't even recognize these guys, but he felt a pulse in Chris. His friend was dead, but he felt a pulse in Chris. And he couldn't believe it. This, this body was still alive. And, uh, and then he, he realized, I guess, when they went to the hospital, who he was, identification and so forth. And that's how he knew to call his father, because he knew his father, the paramedic. And so the call went in, and Bob and Eileen went there, and they said, you know, your son's probably going to, you know, he has minutes to live. We can't believe he's alive. I mean, I, we went, I went to the hospital. I mean, the, you couldn't even, you can't even explain what he looked like. It was horrific, horrific. And so, and his father prayed to God. And he said, God, I've honored you with my life. And the Lord spoke to him later about the power of his tithe, believe it or not, of his tithe. And, and, and Bobby would always honor God with his tithe and above that, above that. And, God re, and, and he felt the Holy Spirit remind him of that. And he said to the Lord, I've honored you, God. And the Lord spoke to him so strongly. He said, Bob, if you believe, your son will live. Believe, and your son will live. And so immediately he went into prayer, called intercessors. Immediately he rejected any words that sounded like, if this is your will. Now listen to this. This is powerful. Even, you know, good-meaning Christians, right? You're trying to comfort people, you know. Well, you know, and and you're kind of setting up just in case someone passes away. He rejected that. He didn't want to hear it. And anyone that spoke to him like that, he said, listen, I, I can't have you here. You cannot be in this hospital. I don't want you here. I cannot have any unbelief. God has told me, if I believe, he will give me my son. And so he lived an hour. He lived two hours. Then they would say, well, you know, and, and Bobby said, what do we need to pray for? And he would pray specific prayers for specific things. Pray for this artery or pray for that. He prayed specific prayers and the word go out, pray for this. And, and we would pray and pray and pray. And then he lasted a day, you know. And then he lasted two days. Then he lasted three days. Make a long story short. It was an absolute miracle. Months later, Chris wakes up from a coma in a whole different hospital. He didn't recognize anybody. Did not recognize his parents. Didn't recognize anything. Didn't know colors, didn't know anything. He was a blank slate like he was being born out of a womb. He only recognized one thing, his dog. Now, some freaky people would say, dog spelled backwards is That's pretty funny. 
Dog spelled backwards is God, you know. But you have to believe. You have to believe. You have to believe that you are destined to live a blessed life. You are destined to have a testimony. You are destined to apprehend this promise that God has made. You have to believe. Write this down if you're taking notes. Write this down. Put it in your spirit. Put it in your mind. Write these things down. God wants good for me. Nothing less. I don't know, you know, most of our upbringing, we come from all different types of backgrounds, religious, unreligious, traditional. Many of us come into a church like this where we're starting to get taught truth that sets you free with all wrong concepts of God. We don't think he's a good God. We don't think he wants good for me. He might want good for this person, but not for me. Because our experiences paint a whole different story. And then the devil comes and he lies to us. But you have to know, God has given me a promise. Jesus died for you. He died for me. He took the pain so that we may live a blessed life. And when I say blessed, immediately, you know, I I can hear the, um, the, the ringing of coins. People think money. And it's not that. You know, that's part of it. I believe God breaks the spirit of poverty because God wants us blessed to be a blessing. You know, you can only give what you have. You can only give what you have. You know, if I'm hungry and you don't have any food, you can't bless me. And that's why, you know, us Italians, our, our fridge is always full. Because we like feeding people. I tell you, and it's a trick, parents. It's a trick. It's a trick. Talk about bribery. We figured when we raised our kids in a neighborhood of unsaved kids, we said, all the kids are coming over our house. We're going to make our house a party house, a music house. We had all kinds of instruments. We're going to make it um, a skate park. Skateboard park? I mean, my, my driveway had skate ramps and everything. And then every time they come over, we're going to feed them. Because they're going to want to come here all the time. And guess what? We're going to influence them. We're going to, cha- we're going to show them God. Because we have blessing to give. We have Jesus to give. We have a testimony to give. Once I was lost, once I was suicidal, once I was hopeless, once I was in the street, but now I'm found. Now I can see. Now I've been blessed. Blessed. Number two, write this down. This isn't even part of the message yet. This is just warm up, okay? Waiting on God is worth the promise. People, they, they, let me tell you something. Most of us, we, we want things right away, especially in this country, right? We want things right away, right? We can't even wait five minutes when we're hungry. We're going to go to McDonald's, you know, and, and eat whatever, you know. Some of you guys like McDonald's. I, I won't go there. <laughs> wait on God is worth the promise. 
And sin isn't worth the cost. You know, when I think of the prodigal son, you know, when we hear the story of the prodigal son, it's a great, great story in the Bible about this young man. And, and really, when we read the prodigal son, I think, you know, we read it from, from the, the perspective that God is a loving father, right? And, and we can mess up, but we're still his kids. God, you know what? I'm a parent of three. We have three kids. They're not kids anymore. Matter of fact, we have two grandkids on their way. That's exciting. There are two grandkids on their way. I'm happy they're being fruitful and multiplying. We have, you know, I, I tell the people in East Greenwich that we have 15 babies coming, 16 babies on their way to our East Greenwich campus, you know. And so we're, we're constantly preaching, hey, be fruitful and multiply, have at least a half dozen kids, come on, come on church growth, we got to multiply the earth with Christians, we need to take over America, you know, so come on, go have fun, have, you know, it won't go down that road, right? And you look at the prodigal son, and we say, wow, what a good father, right? What a good father, that even when we mess up, you know, we can come back, right? And, and, and sometimes, you know, people and Christians, if they mess up, and they feel as though they can't come back to church. And again, that's a lie. Because who's without sin? Cast the first stone, number one. And God is always loving. But the Bible doesn't really tell you how much time Passed when the prodigal took his inheritance and went and squandered it, right? And his life was a wreck, a wreck, destroyed by the enemy. He lost everything he had. We don't know how much time went on. And I think about that and I say, too bad. Did he waste his whole life? Like, did he come back and drop dead the next year? You know? I mean, thank God he's in the Bible as an illustration of God's love. But why didn't he wait? Like, what would his story had been if he waited on God, trusted in his father, trusted in the plans that his father had for him? Wait on the Lord. Wait, wait. God's got goodness for you. God has breakthrough for you. God has blessings for you. Don't let the enemy tell you otherwise. Amen? You know, but there's a promise, and this is my message, okay? We're going to talk about the process to the promise. You know, my wife and I, we have, do you have crews here? You have crews? All right, crews are cool, right? So my wife and I, we decided that we're going to have a crew this time around. So we have a, uh, a cooking crew. And, and um, of course, my wife's a great cook, a great cook. And so we have a, a cooking crew. But, you know, there's a process to cooking. You know, the people that come over the house, it's not like we go, okay, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, boom. Okay, today, I guess, Lord, oh, okay, we're having an eggplant. You know, well, there's a process. We got to figure out what we're having, what the ingredients are, you know. How to make it. There's an if to the pasta and meatballs. You need meatballs. You need pasta. You need sauce. There's an if to enjoying the blessing, right? You know, uh, so we have our crew on Tuesday. 
And then there's another crew. It's a fitness and workout crew, you know? So after we eat on Tuesday, and we say, okay, listen, guys, <laughs> we all better go to fitness crew on Friday. <laughs> you know? But there's a process. And so what I want to kind of briefly talk about today is the most important key that we need to have in our lives to unlock what we just read, God's promise. To unlock the promise, what's the most important thing that I need to have in my life? That me and my wife, as as a married couple, need to have. That our kids need to live by. What's the most important thing? And then, what is the key to unlocking the promise? And then, what are the enemies that we face in life that are always trying to screw us up, to steal the promise of God, to steal our testimony, to steal what God wants to do in our lives. We have enemies. You have to realize it too. So the key, write this down. This is key. Jesus first. In everything. Jesus first. Say that with me. Jesus first. Say it again. Jesus first. In every decision in our lives, ask yourself this question. Is Jesus first? Is Jesus first? In Exodus 23, you shall have no other gods before me. The very, very first, number one, the first commandment, the first key, You shall have no other gods before me. Then Jesus says in John, without me, you can't do nothing. Jesus has to be first. Ask yourself continuously, is Jesus first? Is Jesus first? What am I investing my time in? What am I investing my money in? What's my real passion? You know, who am I hanging out with? can you, can you continue up? You know, what's my life speaking? When people see me, what do they see? You know? What do they see? What do they hear in my speech? You know, am I a secret agent, Christian? <laughs> Who am I communing with? What is my heart united with? You know? What makes me tick? How many want the promise of God today? Amen? Jesus first. Jesus first. Because you ultimately reflect what's most important to you. You ultimately become what's most important to you. Jesus first. Lord, Jesus, Holy Spirit, help me, God, in everything I do in every way I think, to put Jesus first in my life. Jesus, I want you to be my best friend. I want to hear your voice. Speak to me. When I'm going the wrong way, Holy Spirit, slap me upside the head. Use whatever you need. Usually uses your wife. (laughs) Or he uses your pastor on Sunday mornings. All of a sudden, hey, did you tell him? You turn to your wife. Did you talk to the pastor? (laughs) Jesus first. Jesus first. Jesus first. You know, um, there's a movie, Gandhi. I don't know if everyone saw it. It's worth watching. And Ben Ben Kingsley, um, he played the part of Gandhi. 
And so it was filmed in India. And he went there and he spent time learning everything about this man, Gandhi. What he ate, what he smelled like, how he dressed, where he would walk, how he would sit, how he would stand, how he would talk. And he studied him so well that he literally not only looked like him, but his whole persona became him. It's an amazing transformation. And so after um, a time filming, he was going somewhere. He gets out of the car, and an old peasant man comes and falls at his feet. And Ben Kinsley said, hey, 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 no, no, I'm not, I'm not him. I'm just playing the part of, of Gandhi. And the man said, we know, but through you, he will surely live again. Wow. And I say, Lord, let us as Christians display who Jesus is through our lives. Let Jesus live again. Amen? You know, Jesus put you first. He put us first. So much so that Jesus calls you his bride. And the Bible says, a man shall leave his mother and father and cling on to his wife. You know what Jesus left heaven? He left his father. He left the Holy Spirit, who many you know, theologians kind of say, the Holy Spirit has a character of a mom, right? He left everything for us. He left everything. He died a gruesome death for us. Jesus put us first. Lord, help us put you first. Amen? So let's look at three enemies that are always vying to be first place in our lives. These enemies will always try to steal what we read as the promise that God gives us. God gives you. God gives you as a married couple that God wants for your children. Number one is yourself. The carnal nature. Now this might set a lot of people free this morning. The Apostle Paul, who is an incredible man, right? He wrote the majority of the New Testament. The Apostle Paul that Jesus appeared to. The Apostle Paul says, I beat my flesh into submission. Now when I used to think of the Apostle Paul, St. Paul... You think of this perfect man, an incredible man. The Holy Spirit used him to pen the scripture. But Paul says he beats his flesh into submission. There's a part of us that completely is against God. All of us. Well, I'm not against God. Let me tell you something. That your flesh is against God. Right? Right? Some of you this morning are thinking, you know, beach, church, beach, church, beach, church. (laughs) And beach one out on some people, they're not here. Right? The flesh. The flesh holds pride. The flesh holds unforgiveness. The flesh holds, holds anger. The flesh holds selfishness. The flesh is your worst critic. Do you know you have a critic? You hypocrite, you hypocrite, you hypocrite. I thought you were like Jesus. Yeah, Jesus first, Jesus first. 
Get behind me, Satan. I beat my flesh in the submission. God loves me. God died for me. God has good things to me. But you got to crucify your flesh. Your flesh does not want God. It says here that the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. And sometimes we go in and out. Isn't it true? Sometimes you're really spiritual and happy. And I love Jesus. You know, especially after church and the Holy Spirit comes and we get touched, you know. We all love one another, you know. And you, and you oh man, I am so Christ-like, you know. I feel Christ-like, you know. Look at me. Don't I look like Jesus today? You know, I think I'll grow a beard, you know. Honey, you think I can grow my hair? Because I really feel like Jesus, you know. And then other times... You know, in the car. Hey, you just cut me off, buddy. Who do you think you are? Yeah, yeah. Flesh. You need a beating today, you know? And the problem is with the flesh is the flesh goes wherever you go. You know? I mean, is anyone, anyone in this room so spiritual that you kind of float out of your body? <laughs> Leave your body there and here you are in the spirit, you know? Flesh goes wherever you go. But so doesn't the Holy Spirit. Who are we going to listen to? The carnal nature? does not want to forgive, that's prideful, that's insecure, that wants to get its way, you know? Hey, I should be in that position. You know, why are you picking him? Why are you picking her? Pride. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. He will make your path straight, you know? Let me tell you something. Once God brings you to a church family, if God is in the house and the Spirit of God is, is in the church and the leaders love the Lord and they're modeling Christ, unless God absolutely moves you, that's your family. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But we are so carnal that we're always trying to gratify these of the flesh and we can be carnal Christians all our lives and kind of like, you know, cafeteria Christians. We don't want to do anything, you know. Come on, man. Don't you want the promise? Kill the flesh. Kill the flesh. Kill the flesh. Kill the flesh. You know, I don't know why I'm down this road, but and I look back in our church and, uh, and I say, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing that that the leadership of the church, the eldership of the church has been together all these years from the very beginning. That's unheard of. But you know why? Because we killed the flesh. We killed the flesh. We wanted the promise. We wanted the promise. God, we want your blessings. We want the church to be a light in the community that people can say, wow, there are great churches. There are true Christians. Jesus is real. I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. Kill the flesh. Amen? Amen. You know, I remember um, this, this... How much time do we have? One minute. Okay. 
Wow. Okay, next, number two. Hopefully, maybe the next service. Number two, carnal relationships. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Do you know, you will become who you hang with. You become who you hang with, you know? It's amazing. My wife and I, how long we've been married for 34 years, right? 34 years. It's a, it's, that's amazing. Yeah. It's a miracle. She's, she's very spiritual, my wife. She's had to handle me all these years. But it's amazing that sometimes we'll be in the car or wherever, and she'll say something that I just thought of. Or I'm just going to ask her a question, she answers it. I'm like, oh, oh, It's like, I feel violated. You pulled, the, you pulled my spirit right out of me. I said, how does that happen? You know? How does that happen? You know, joking around saying, you know, you go to a restaurant and you see these uh, older couple. You ever go to a restaurant and you see these cute, you know, Old couples sitting there. And there's one, one um, breakfast shop that we go to sometimes. There's couples there every day. Every day. They, they have breakfast, lunch, and dinner there, I think. Every day. They must live right across the street. And they just sit there, and they just eat. <laughs> and they never talk. But you can tell they've been together forever. And I was saying, man, they mustn't like each other. And then I thought, no, that's not it. Because they've been married all these years. They don't have to talk. They're telepathic. <laughs> they don't talk anymore. Don't you want to be one with the Holy Spirit and Jesus? Where you're just, you know? What kind of relationships? <clears throat> be careful who you hang with. Because the enemy will use whoever to steal your promise. Whoever. Whatever to steal your promise. Do you think, Jesus says, I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three, three against two, and two against three. They will be divided, father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. That's typical. <laughs> daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. You know, it's interesting. I read this scripture. Um, this is usually, especially when you first come to the Lord, and a lot of people here, probably a lot of new Christians here, this is the hardest thing. Because everything you know is your family and friends. But then you meet Jesus. And you're like, what do I do now? You know, I remember this time so vividly where there was a battle where the God was fighting for me and the devil wanted to hold me. Now, the devil wasn't, he didn't appear in, uh, you know, red pajamas in a pitchfork. <laughs> he was just using my friends and my family. Everybody. My family didn't understand what was going on with me. And my friends surely didn't understand, you know. There was a battle, and you have to decide. Jesus said, choose this day who you serve. I want the promise. I want freedom. I want a new life. 
I want wholeness. I want blessing. I want happiness. I want peace. I want a good marriage. I want great children. I want it all. Amen? Make a decision. And the third thing is the world. Be careful, because the world is a powerful, powerful enemy. It's very enticing. The world just wants you to compromise. Just compromise a little. Just compromise a little. My wife and I, we went to a a great noodle shop in Providence. And um, we had been there a couple of times before. And so when we walked in, there was another family with a little girl. We walked in, all of a sudden, the music was like so loud. It was extremely loud, right? Little place. And every, every, I'm talking about every single word was a curse word. Every, I mean, the, the, the music was vile. It wasn't like every once in a while, you know, you hear a curse word. It was constant, constant, constant. And it was loud. It was like, and my spirit was cringing, you know? My spirit was cringing. And then I look and I see this family with this little girl and, and a righteous indignation rose up in me to protect this girl, right, from this music. So I went up to the, to the, the owner and I kind of whispered in his ear. I said, hey, uh, you think you can put the music down a little bit and maybe, maybe you can change the song because there's a little child here. And the per- he looks at me and says, absolutely no way. I said, well, there's a little girl here. I mean, they go soften. He says, no way. This is what my customer is like. And I said, what am I, chicken liver? <laughs> you know? And I heard the Holy Spirit say, I had a choice. Like, the noodles are really good, right? <laughs> and so I had a choice. Am I going to stay here and feel, because the Holy Spirit was talking to me, you know, feel defiled? And I heard the Holy Spirit say, are you going to sell your soul for a bowl of noodles? Right? Sell your soul for a bowl of noodles? And I said, honey, you know, we can't stay here. We need to go. And I turned to the parents of the story. I said, you know what? I so apologize, you know, on behalf of this establishment for your daughter. I said, well, we have to leave. And so we got up and left. And then they got up and left. You know? They got up and left. Don't love the world ways, First John. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world and all its wantings, wanting, wanting, is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Amen? Set for eternity. Amen. I want to just pray. Let's bow our heads and just pray together. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. For more information on New Life and all of our campuses, log on to www.atnewlife.org.